And a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us on the KBND Morning News. It's uh, Steve Gunnels, District Attorney for Deschutes County, in studio in the stress list today. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Thanks very much for coming in today. I appreciate that. One of the things I wanted to ask about since it's been our lead story this morning is the FBI investigation into incidents of suspicious mail sent to election offices, including several in Oregon. Now, Deschutes County didn't get any of those, but are there things in place? I mean, what have you come across this in the past? What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, we haven't had anything referred to our office on this yet, obviously, because we haven't had any of those letters come into Deschutes County. But I do know that since 2001, when the anthrax letters started going out to individuals and government offices, Deschutes County implemented a an approach to checking all mail that comes in, scanning it, making sure that it's safe, it doesn't contain anything dangerous. And so that's been in place for 22 years now. Uh, I also know that, you know, Steve Dennison, the county clerk, is very competent. He's very, you know, safety-minded in terms of protecting the integrity of elections. And so he's, you know, he's on this topic. I received an email from him last week on this, you know, talking about steps being taken to safeguard uh, you know, the integrity of elections in Deschutes County. And so I don't really have any major concerns about, uh, you know, outside influences coming in to, to shake up our elections or anything like that. Uh, I do think that we have good procedures. We have a good working relationship with the FBI. And if, if they're looking into this, my guess is that there will be uh, a solution found to it within a reasonable period of time. Somebody will be found out. Okay. Um, one of the subjects you wanted to talk about today was fatal car crashes. Yeah, and, the, and the, the reason that this topic came up in my mind is that we had a really awful incident last month on our roads. Uh, four members of a Troutdale family were killed in a crash just north of Redmond on October 12th. Uh, the uh, circumstances of the crash are still under investigation but it's clear that the family uh, was in its proper lane when an oncoming vehicle crossed over and hit them head on on Highway 97 and uh, you know, killing all four people inside that vehicle, just awful. And it you know, brings to mind the, the concerns I have about safety on our roads. I've always said that the biggest risk that that you have and that I have when I go out on the road with my family is, you know, a, an intoxicated driver, a distracted driver, an aggressive driver, somebody driving way, way too fast, just making a, a terrible error and, and crossing over or making a mistake that puts my family in danger. And so I just wanted to kind of highlight that for your listeners uh, to, to kind of put that thought in their mind, just to always be defensive when they're driving, to look out for oncoming vehicles, look out for dangerous vehicles on the road, to call in. If, you, if you're following somebody who seems to be impaired, call it in. Police will respond to that. I know that. I see those reports every day where, you know, concerned citizens are seeing somebody swerving in the road or passing dangerously, doing crazy things on our roads that are dangerous. And the police will come out and will 
uh, intervene to try to interrupt that, uh, what could be criminal activity. Let me dig in a little bit with, if, if uh, for somebody who might be hesitant to make that call, what happens on that call? Do they take information from you? What sort of follow-up is there with the person who makes that phone call? Yeah, they'll, they'll get your name. They have your number if you call into 911. And just you just explain what it is you're seeing, where it is, you know, describe the vehicle and so on, and then the police do the rest. They may follow up with you after the police, that is, by, by calling and saying, what did you see? Did you see swerving? Did you see, you know, bad passing, whatever it may be, uh, so that they can have a, you know, a pretty accurate description for their report about what led up to their traffic stop that led up to an arrest, for example, for driving under the influence. And it's a relatively little involvement, you know, up front at least. There's a potential that you could be called as a witness in the case, but that's very rare. Most of the time, you'll just be asked those questions and you're just really there to, to bring the police's attention to the problem. It's a good idea to make the call. We did this uh, well, when we were over at the coast one time. Uh, a guy was driving down the center lane, right? It's two lanes or one lane each direction. And he took this, the middle and was going 80 miles an hour. But um, we weren't the only phone calls, right? They had right. a bunch of phone calls. And they finally did catch up with him a few miles down the road and all was taken care of. But it's, it's not uh, a hard thing to do. And it, it doesn't... Um, like you said, there's very little involvement from, from my end as somebody who calls it in. Yeah, the important thing is just to bring it to law enforcement's attention so that they can take action. Sometimes they'll pull the person over who is suspected to be under the influence and find out that it's a medical condition or somebody who dropped a cup of coffee on their lap or something along those lines, and then it doesn't turn into something criminal. It's just, okay, have a nice day. But many times... It turns out to be somebody who's intoxicated or under the influence of drugs and really shouldn't be out there on the roads, and the police can make sure that they're not out on the, on the roads that day. Are we seeing an increase in this in Deschutes County? Uh, we see uh, a, a great deal of uh, traffic fatalities, serious crashes, and DUIs every year. And, you know, the more the population increases, the more those go up. In Deschutes County, we file over a thousand DUIs a year, which is a big number in my mind. Um, and that's because police are out there looking for it. It's because people are calling it in when they see it. Uh, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows that there are more DUIs out there on the road than get caught and by many fold. But uh, police are doing a good job of getting out there and saturating the roads, uh, particularly at, at those times of the day when intoxicated driving is most likely, you know, in the evening time. Uh, but all day long, police are looking for signs of intoxicated driving and in driving patterns. You know, in Oregon, we have about 600 fatal crashes on our roads every year. So, uh, you know, you spread that out over the, the whole state. Uh, for Deschutes County, that's still a lot of fatal crashes. We have a lot of highway here. We have a lot of uh, areas where people drive very fast and uh, dangerously fast. We also have 
bad roads in the wintertime and a lot of people don't slow down despite the bad roads. We all see it. I think I've heard you say before that four-wheel drive doesn't mean four-wheel stopping. Uh, and you see that as well. You see people with, uh, you know, four-wheel drive vehicles. I have a four-wheel drive vehicle. Uh, you got to slow down though, because just because you have a, a, you know, good traction going forward doesn't mean you can lock them up and stop on a dime when the roads are icy. And so we see, you know, all sorts of, of bad driving, but not all bad driving is criminal. When, when those cases become criminal, police can intervene and I can, you know, my office can intervene, the courts can intervene and uh, try to take action to either, you know, get somebody who needs to get uh, their license suspended and taken off the road, get that done, or to get the, somebody redirected and, and uh, you know, into a law-abiding uh, rule-following lifestyle on our roads. Well, we hope that is a, that's a continuing effort on your office's part and on the police office's part as well. Let me move you on to a, a different subject. Uh, I've read some national uh, articles recently talking about Oregon and Measure 110 and uh, its shortcomings and failures, things not working out exactly as intended. So what, what do you see coming up in the future for Measure 110? Yeah, I'm optimistic. I think I've, I've told you before, I'm, I have some concerns, deep concerns about Measure 110 and its effects on drug use in our state. I think uh, the fact that police and prosecutors and courts can't really do much to intervene with simple possession of drug cases anymore due to Measure 110 uh, leads to an increase in drug use as well as an increase in addiction in our community. Both of those are really bad things. They lead to damaged lives and a lot of danger in the community. I am optimistic, though, that the legislature is going to come up with some changes to fix what I see as the primary problems with Measure 110. Uh, those really involve the decriminalization part of Measure 110. There are two components to Measure 110. One is the decriminalization of simple possession of drugs. The other is increased funding for drug treatment. The drug treatment part, I don't have a beef with. Uh, the decriminalization part is naive and uh, foolish in my view. Uh, but I do think that hard drugs in Oregon will, will again be uh, criminalized in terms of possession or use in public in the next legislative session. You know, we do have statistics here in Deschutes County, and they're, they're a little bit shocking to me. I'm a uh, drug prosecutor historically. Uh, in 2019, before Measure 110 went into effect, we prosecuted 257 possession of heroin cases here in our county. And this year, we will prosecute six of those. That's not because we're doing a bang-up job on getting people into treatment and, and uh, fixing addiction issues. It's because of Measure 110. It took away our ability to do anything and the police uh, law enforcement's ability to do anything when they see somebody in possession of small amounts of heroin. Methamphetamine has a similar story. Uh, in 2019, we prosecuted 633 possession of methamphetamine cases, and this year we expect to prosecute 62, so that's a reduction of 90%, uh, and, and again, not because 
we're doing a great job in fixing people. It's because Measure 110 prevents us from doing anything with them. And so that um, the gap between where we, you know what, where we were in terms of prosecution and where we are now means that about 600 methamphetamine addicts who would have been ordered into treatment were not ordered into treatment. And, and that's a problem. The article I read was based in Eugene and interviewed a police officer there who said, now we don't write citations. We give them a piece of paper with a phone number on it, and it's up to them to voluntarily go in for rehab. And he said most of the time they simply crumple up the paper and toss it right in front of him. Yeah, that's, the, um, that's when I said before that it's a naive law. The Measure 110 is a naive law. That's because it doesn't really understand addiction. People aren't addicted and they they will you know go to treatment if you just tell them that there's something called treatment generally speaking somebody who is in the throes of addiction needs to have a an order from a judge to go into treatment or they won't do it there has to be a consequence for them not going to treatment that consequence in Oregon is jail if you don't go to treatment like the judge told you to do it and it's hard for people to hear that sometimes. They think, well, all, all somebody really needs is an opportunity to go to treatment. That's true, but uh, the opportunity has to be coupled with a consequence if they don't follow through because addiction is really hard to break out of. If it was easy to break out of, you wouldn't need uh, treatment. You would just need somebody to say, hey, why don't you quit? That doesn't work. All right. Uh, District Attorney Steve Gunnels. Here on FM News 100.1, KBND. Steve, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Frank. FM News 100.1, 1110 KBND.